you've been seeking answers from every dermatologist, doctor, and all over the internet wondering what on earth this unbearable skin issue is. You know something's up, and you've been suffering and silenced for far too long. This podcast is going to bring awareness to the brutal reality that is topical steroid addiction and withdrawal syndrome. It will give you practical mental and physical tips to help you along your journey and provide you the strength you need to push through each day. You'll hear from real people battling this illness, as well as experts in the field, and I'm also going to share with you what's happening as I battle and conquer TSW. You are not alone, you're not crazy, and you will heal. If there's one thing I know, it's that anyone going through this hell is a warrior. My name is Jennifer Powers, and I welcome you to TSW Journey to Healing. All right, we are recording. Oh my gosh. Okay, finally. So Julia and I were just chatting away, realizing we weren't recording yet for the show. So (laughs) Julia, I want to welcome you to the show and I want you to, um, let's back up because we were just having fun chatting away. So let's, let's inform the audience about who you are, where you're from, and we'll get going from there. So why don't you start with that? Thank you for inviting me to do this. This is uh, quite exciting, I gotta say. A um, bit nerve-wracking as well, so I'll try not to tip over my word. No. <laughs> Even see, there I go already. Anyways, um, my name's Julia. I am English, but I spent 25 years in the States, and um, I'll do a quick eczema background. I grew up with eczema, and then it got better when I was a teenager, and then um, I remember when I was Ooh, uh, teenage years, probably uh, 20, 19, 20, I was in Spain. I was um, on, you know, sunbathing with not a lot of clothes on <laughs> and uh, pictures that looked tanned and beautiful, like I'd never had eczema in my life. And then I remember I was in Spain still and I started, I did the sunbathing with the baby oil as one did back in those days. Mm-hmm. Um, and my skin just went nuts. Uh, not very happy at all. So I had to go back to England because I needed medical treatment and they put me on steroids again. I had been on steroids as a child. I'd also been on oral steroids for asthma as a child. My asthma was very bad as a child, but had gotten better. So then I'm back on steroids at my early 20s, got better, and um, then I went to um college and everything college I didn't I don't remember any troubles in college I don't remember uh not being able to date guys and do what one does when one is dating guys (laughs) so I think my skin was probably relatively good then no traumatic experiences at that point um and then after that I worked for a year before my parents said I could go traveling so I worked for a year in Bath and now I'm speaking English because I'm in England then (laughs) (laughs) actually Spain was after that so wait a minute let me back up see I told you I can't remember all my timelines so Spain was the year after I had finished so I was probably 24 24 23 24 something like that and then um I came back here after Spain like I said and then I went to the States and I was going to travel through the States. So, again, my skin was better. I was totally confident. I was going through the States. And I ended up in uh, Philadelphia. Yeah. And um, <laughs> with my uh, very married, very quickly husband, who was in the Navy. 
uh, fell in love with that navy uniform as one does yeah, and we were stationed in in uh in philly for a while so that was my first experience i absolutely loved philadelphia the city of brotherly love yes. although the statue was not there the statue had been repaired was being repaired and i actually have never touched or seen the statue because it wasn't there the whole time i was there which that are you talking about the rocky statue no the brother love right. brotherly love statue oh the love statue yeah yeah yeah, it was Aww. being repaired or something like that, and it just wasn't there. Bummer. Anyway, yeah, I've done everything else. I've done the, the rocky climb up the steps and everything. Nice. Um, yeah, done it all. And, of course, love the Eagles. Yeah. I'm an Eagles fan, and I've moved various places. I've been to every state in the States, but still I'm an Eagles fan. I love it. I knew we connected for some reason. <laughs> I love that. That's, so that's a, quite a... Donovan McNabb days, quite a long time. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so loved it. Love, love Philadelphia. Then I uh, moved back here 10 10 years ago. And um, while I was in the States, so when I was probably early 30s, I remember going back on steroids because um, the sun, I thought I was getting allergic to the sun. But it wasn't eczema, like eczema, you know, ooey eczema between your fingers and on your wrists and stuff. It was a rashy kind of eczema. Mm-hmm. And so they put me on steroids. I have to say, one dermatologist told me that I needed to wear very strong sun cream, sun lotion. Um, and he gave me one with zinc in it, which made my face look white. So, of course, I didn't use that. Absolutely yeah. not. No way. And just went back to using steroids. So that you know, it was my, I wouldn't go back to him because I thought he was full of not very interesting information. <laughs> um, so we, uh, where are we? We're now on steroids again. Um, and I think for the next 20 years, I was in TSA, which is topical steroid addiction. Mm-hmm. So my body was reacting to the steroids coming out in rashes. So more steroid cream more rashes, more steroid cream. And I was actually putting very, very potent steroid cream on all over my body. I mean, it was just insane. I was using it like moisturizer. And at one point, one doctor told me not to put it on my face. So I changed to Protopic on my face. Uh Uh-huh, yep. It wasn't as successful. So I still continued to put steroids on a little bit of problems on my face. Um. But the protopic, of course, as we know, is also an immune suppressant and actually affects you just as bad as the steroids. Yep. So moved back here. Um, and in 2015, May 26, my husband comes to me, well, actually a few days before, comes to me with a Facebook post that says the woman whose face fell off. Oh, my God. And we looked at it. And it took us to the ITSAN site, the International Topical Steroid Awareness Network site. They did, there wasn't a Facebook page back then. It was a, just a website. It had a little checklist, and I checked off every single one of those questions. Yes, that's me. Yes, that's me. Yes, that's me. Oh, my gosh. And we figured out that it was steroids that was my problem. So May 26, 2015, I stopped steroids. I just stopped cold turkey had really not a lot of information as to what was going to happen to me. But it all happened. It was horrible. And um, 
I don't think I would have been able to do it in the States because people are very vain in the States. Not that I necessarily was, but I was in, um, in you know, face-to-face sales. I was a, uh-huh. um, a, um, a fundraiser for a museum. So I was selling events. I was doing weddings. There's no way I could have yeah. done this in the States. Um, no way. I, you know, I was wearing suits and high heels and fake nails and <laughs> yeah, and fake tans to cover up my rashes. So, no, I couldn't have done it in the States. But here in England, I had changed my career to being a carer. Am I, am I waffling on too much? Here? No, please keep going, please. How do we get from the Eagles to me being a carer? Oh. <laughs> it's good. This is good. It's all coming out. Tell your whole you story. My life story, huh? I so, want to hear it all. When I got back here to England, I came back with my husband. I brought my husband and my dog because my parents were here and I wanted to not to waste. I didn't want that phone call when I was in the States and realized it was too late to rebuild a relationship with my parents. So came back. Um, probably about 15 years too early because they are busier than I am. I have to make an appointment to <laughs> my own parents. That's great. I'm you know, so blessed to have active, um, active, healthy parents. Really, really blessed. But anyway, I became a carer because I looked up in the newspaper, what am I going to do when I get here? Maybe I can work in a bar. And there was all these jobs for carers. Like, what is a carer? I don't know. And um, so obviously some pretty good job security. Joined the local company. Uh, did a lot of teaching myself and became a carer looking after old people. I've never seen so much um, bodily fluids in all my life. Oh, gosh. I've always been protected from that because I've never been a mother. And uh, so it was definitely a trial by fire. But I fell in love with the old people. I fell in love with their stories. I fell in love with with who they are, with, with the light behind their eyes. I didn't look at the wrinkles. I didn't look at the pain they were in. I didn't look at their circumstances. I looked at what they have given to this world and just they are just such an inspiration to everybody and they are so overlooked. And I just fell in love with the job. And because of that, I was able to look like crap and still go and see them because they didn't care what I looked like. They sometimes couldn't even see what I looked like. And um, they just wanted me to put a smile on their face like I'd always done. And the fact that I was walking worse than they were because I was so swollen and, and in so much pain, um, they, they just walked, walked through it with me. Uh, one lady who had uh, some dementia, she said to me, oh, I love looking at your face because you make me feel so much better about myself. <laughs> and, I mean, she wasn't saying it mean not mean at all and we just had a laugh about it she was just telling the truth I don't think there was any other job I could do in the world except for hiding in a in my house in which case I would have just stayed in bed all day mm-hmm. that would have helped me get through topical steroid withdrawal that's um, pretty beautiful obviously it's been seven years almost um I am 98% healed um I still have a little bit of trouble and of course with the people who are long-term topical steroid withdrawals we start questioning whether the last little bit which is around my face where I wear my mask because I have to wear masks and on my hands and I have to wear gloves whether it's related to that and that's why the healing is longer than others I don't know so and people say okay you're you're reacting because of the mask but it's still a TSW reaction 
-hmm. it's still flaky it's still um oozy um it's still itchy underneath the mask when it gets moist so it's not just a i've come up with pimples because i'm wearing a mask right so it's still the last bit of tsw even though um, the rest of my body has gotten over it my adrenals are back in order my thermoregulation is back in order my skin is not thin anymore I even have freckles now I haven't seen my freckles since I was a teenager wow Um, my hair's all growing back um including the gray hairs of course Um, (laughs) my uh what else yeah my skin is all healed I healed from the bottom up so my toes my ankles and my legs all healed first I literally worked my way up it's up my body my shoulders were the last of the body parts to heal. And when did it start for you, Julia? What year was it? When it's when it when you you said it was I think what twenty fifteen? Did you say? Yeah, twenty fifteen was when I stopped steroids altogether. Okay, and um, you had it all over. You had it head to toe over your whole body. Yeah, I was. I looked like a burn victim from top to bottom. Oh I uh, I was. I'm just oozing. I mean, just in fact, I was just sorting out my my uh, some of my drawers and I pulled out some um, Polonex from the back of the drawer and they are completely the white Polonex and they've got these yellow stains all over them from the ooze. Yeah. Um, And they've been washed and everything, but those yellow stains are still there from the ooze. Um, And I pulled out all these long bandages that I used to wear uh yeah what what would you say you said you also lost your hair what would you say was your worst symptom that you had throughout the process oh I can't say there's a worst symptom for me losing my hair was um not so bad because I know a lot of people I'm not a vain person as such and I loved having short hair so when I lost my hair I just went and had it all shaved off um to a crew cut and that was Mm -hmm. nice and easy to manage um the itch the itch was the worst yeah and in fact you have the itch scratch burn cycle Mm -hmm. so you itch you scratch and then it burns like like you've put a lighter on your skin yeah but burn even though it was more painful was better than the itch for me i agree with you because right now i'm itching as we're speaking my, I am itching my forearms and insides of my elbows and they are turning bright red as we speak. And I agree with you, like they're the consistent, constant bone deep itch. It's, I would rather be burning. And so I agree completely. If you talk to a burn victim, they get that same kind of itch too. It's because all the skin has been stripped away and the mm-hmm. nerves are jangling. So yeah. it's not like a contact itch where you've touched some poison ivy and oh my goodness, it itches. I'm going to go and wash it off. I'm going to put some neosporin on it and we're all good. No, that's not it. This is your bones um, all the way down to your bones. And it's your nerves saying, ah! yeah. And that's why they call it burn. And you have to itch it. And people say you have to forgive yourself. You know, this itch is, is, is a, a mental thing as well. And I've done a bit of study on it, but I'm not very good at regurgitating it verbally, um, that it releases endorphins in your brain, which therefore actually make you feel better afterwards. 
So your body is sort of making you itch because it makes you feel better mm. because you're in a traumatic state. Mm-hmm. So um, you you have to itch, yeah. but you have to itch gently. So you need to find um, a tool that won't break your skin. So a lot yeah. of people use like baby brushes mm-hmm. or brushes with the rubber tips on them yep. because you can itch without. Um, I used to find, um, and I still do if my hands itch, running under hot water because it you know, will shut the nerves up for a little bit. Um, painkillers, because it's a nerve itch, painkillers do work very well. At the beginning, I was using um, some very heavy painkillers. I was using codeine, mm-hmm. and you're only allowed to take eight a day, and I wanted them all the time. So I would mix it with ibuprofen, mm-hmm. so, um, sorry, Tylenol and uh, uh, yeah, ibuprofen is the same, isn't it, over there? So I would do um, two hours. Every two hours I do Tylenol, and then I do ibuprofen, and then I do Tylenol, and I do ibuprofen, then I throw in some codeine, um, just because I needed to to numb the nerves, and that was the only way I could stop reduce the itch. Because at the beginning you couldn't the itch didn't yeah. stop. Um, and then I found other things that helped later on. Um, but the the diet thing, yeah. At the beginning, everyone says, "Oh, you've got to have a clean diet and everything." Yeah. That'll help the itch. Nothing helps the itch. I'm sorry, but <laughs> it's good. To have a clean diet because it's an anti-inflammatory disease and therefore things like dairy definitely it took me four years to realize that I was actually allergic to dairy because I thought that it was all oh, the tomatoes mm-hmm. and the family the tomatoes peppers eggplant yep. um and potatoes so I cut all them out that's nice and easy I cut out sugar nice and easy um I didn't really eat much drink much milk but I love cheese. Me too. <laughs> so when I was working nights, I they used to leave us a meal, but I didn't want to heat up a meal in the middle of the night. So I always had a cheese, sa- a tuna salad, and then I they had grated cheese in the fridge, so I'd slap a whole bunch of grated cheese on there. And then they would have tomatoes and peppers on there, so I'd sneak a tomato and pepper. And then when I was itching, I was like, oh, I shouldn't have had that tomato. I shouldn't have had mm, that yep. pepper. And all the time, it was the damn cheese that was getting me. <gasps> <laughs> I get it and cheese oh my god I'm an Italian girl so give me all the meat cheese oh, I just I love oh. it all <laughs> and it is it is it is hard you know being in the Itzan group which we're both in it's such a valuable resource such an amazing community um but it is it can get and that's why yeah. the whole purpose of this podcast is is not necessary it's not to overwhelm people because we both I'm sure you felt it too but I've in the beginning and I'm still very early on in my in my journey in my healing journey but it can feel like which what's the right thing what like what is it to give up this food is it to give up that is it to change my lifestyle change my diet it's exhausting but i think it's important to remember there's no one size fits all and every single one of us is built differently and has different dna everything's just different so it's important to try to like as best you can to like breathe through this and just figure out what you notice within your own body and then share it so that's why i love having it's funny you say the diet thing cuz Yesterday, I had an interview with a, a woman who is now recovered, who became uh, obsessed with research, and she turned it into being a dietary therapist. And so she swears that it is diet related. And 
it for her and for many others, I'm sure that it is. So it's just, it's hard because there's so little research and that's what's so frustrating and so awful. But also we are one of the first to kind of spearhead through this and try to bring awareness. And I, and I'm, it's my biggest hope that uh, in the next several years, like there is so much more research studying and solutions for something as debilitating as this. Cause like you said, I mean, you were blessed enough to go out and continue work, but how many, how many others are, losing their jobs, bedridden, have to move in with family to take care of them. I mean, it is, it's heartbreaking. It really, really is. What did you say? What would you, what would you say when you, when you really learned Julia, like what this was TSW and TSA, when it really hit you, like this could be a long road to recovery. What was that like for you? What did you, what was your feeling? Well, I'll answer that in a second. I'm just going to go springboard back off what you just said a little bit. Um, steroids only came in 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 the 1950s so at my age personally I'm a second generation steroid user so it was a bit like you know smoking and everybody was smoking back in the 20s because it was the cool thing to do Mm -hmm. not realizing it kills you Um, steroids is a bit like that it was the magic drug and so it was just like oh it'll heal everything and so now they're trying to educate people and it'll be a slow process just like it was with nicotine um, to get people to understand that steroid is a poison. When I first started back in 2015, like I said, there was no Facebook. So I had information from Dr. Fukara and Dr. Sato um, and people like that, but it wasn't, it wasn't a lot of information. So I was lucky in a way because I didn't, I wasn't bombarded with all of that stuff. Mm-hmm. So I knew I had to go out steroids. I kind of knew there wasn't even that many pictures because we didn't have Facebook. So I knew that it was going to be awful. And I thought I would be through it in about two years. The first thing I did was I hooked up with a homeopath because I, I do, I understand natural healing. And um, I knew that I had to help my body be in its optimal levels. And that's really the thing. It's like all this diet stuff and everything else, you are trying to get your body in the best place it possibly can to heal itself because that's all it's doing is your body is doing what it knows to do best, and that is heal itself. We poisoned it. It will fix itself. It will take time, but you've got to leave it alone. So that's why putting creams on, um, putting lotions on, um, all that kind of stuff, a lot of people say it doesn't help. Because it doesn't. The body just, the skin just wants, like, said, just leave me alone. Leave me alone. I'll do it. And so gut health and having, you know, proper vitamins and minerals and everything in your body, supplements uh, to the right degree, not overdoing it, and not using ones that also mimic steroids, of which there are quite a few, um, then you are going to put your body at its optimum level to heal itself. Now, um, going also back to eczema, which is what most of us started with, eczema is always triggered by something. And usually it's an environmental or a food trigger. A lot of people allergic to eggs because of uh, injections in the womb, um, milk because of the uh, not breastfeeding and all this kind of stuff. So um, where was I going with that? That's why food is oftentimes a trigger 
-hmm. and therefore if you eat as clean as possible noting that even meats the cows are given steroids to make them better mm -hmm. um steroids enter your life in all kinds of different places which is why you can have something not even realize why am i itching oh my goodness there was some licorice in that glass of gin i had last night mm -hmm. and licorice mimics steroids so it's just you know they're just everywhere so that's why organic foods healthy 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 clean gut get your bacteria sorted and then your body will be able to do what it knows to do best and that is heal itself so back to your question how did I feel when I realized it was going to be a long-term thing well because I didn't have Facebook um, so therefore there wasn't a lot of long-term warriors around um, it was like oh two to three years and then the two-year mark came up it's like oh maybe another year oh definitely be this year And now I'm heading into the seventh year and it's like, you know what? Two years ago, I decided that I'm not going to even, I mean, I, I keep track of the time, but I am not a victim anymore. I am a warrior. I'm a survivor. I have survived. And okay, I've got a real, a really ugly face at the moment because I've just flared. But you know what? I don't care. I don't care. I'm going to live my life, especially after the pandemic and stuff. It's like, I am not going to hide away anymore. <laughs> I'm just going to be out there. So I'm out there on Facebook. I'm out there in the world. And I don't care. I do have a beautiful, wonderful, loving husband who doesn't care what I look like. The first thing he said to me when he met me was like, don't wear any makeup. I don't like you in makeup. So <laughs> that's a good guy. That's a good man. I was like, I'll marry you. That's fine. So I save so much, money, so much money in makeup, you have no idea. But because of that, it's like I don't even have makeup to cover it up, you mm -hmm. know, even if I wanted to try to cover it up. So I'm just out there. I don't care. Um, I try to wear lots of colorful clothes, and I put my hair up in funky styles because then people can look at that. I wear headbands sometimes, which are all different colors, because then people look at that and they don't see my face. And I know the mask is sort of like, a little bit affecting me, but it's great to be able to hide from the masks. I wish they were around <laughs> seven years ago. And then it should have come a lot earlier. I don't mean that. I mean that in a very, in a very, I, you know. I understand. I understand. I got to tell you, you are such a breath of fresh air. Um, it's just being a woman. It's, there's a lot of pressure that's put on to look a certain way, have that certain appeal and that image. And You know, again, I have always lived in the States. I have been to London and I love England so much, but I don't know what it's like to live there. And you mentioned earlier saying that you, what you felt when you were here was that there was a lot of vain people. Now, I don't know if that was just in what you experienced or if that is true overall with the United States, but being here myself, I mean, there is just, there is a lot of pressure for women. There's a lot of, to look a certain way, to be a certain weight, to have a certain you know, skin, the way your skin, everything's supposed to be beautiful, right? Yep, so you yep. just, you saying that you're just, you know, walking around and being you authentically, genuine, unafraid, completely, it's just so brave. And I really commend you for that. because not, it is, it is not easy. I mean, I still, I have a very loving boyfriend at this at right now and um, he's incredible, but it's still, it's still hard for me. I mean, and again, I'm early on in my, in my recovery journey with TSW, but it is very, very hard. So I, I admire the heck out of you. Um, I really do. And I think those are really good tips too, to wear 
bright colors, number one, they make you feel happy, right? Colors are very uh, mood boosting in a lot of ways. And so that's a good, that's a really good tip for anyone listening. Um, and, and I, what I would love to know, I mean, when I hear you say you're in seven years and I'm sure anyone listening to this might go, some people might be, Oh my gosh, like, how am I going to make it that long? But can you tell anyone like the, I always hear that the beginning is the absolute worst. And then it can't be excruciatingly terrible every day for seven years straight. Is that correct? I mean, what's your experience been? No, I've lived a normal life for the last five years. Okay. Um, so it was the first, um, the first year and a half were really bad. And then, so I stopped in May 20, 2015. Um, in April 2017, I was sunbathing on a beach in South Africa and I've got pictures and my body looked fine. My face was awful, but my body looked fine. Then I came back from South Africa and it was funny because they had the passport control at Heathrow where you walk in yeah. and the, ca the camera recognizes you and lets you through. <laughs> oh, no. I was stuck in the booth because the doors wouldn't open because they didn't recognize me because my face was so Oh my gosh. <laughs> I had to come down. I had to prove who I was. It's like, for God's sake, please look. Can you tell? Would I really do this? If you know, <laughs> do you yeah. really think I'd do this? Anyway, so then I went back. In a lot of people say that they have that they, they have a, a you know a, a a gap if you want. And then um, so that was April. Back in October, that October I was back in full flare again. Uh, not. I, I had the ooze again. I had the burning and all, all that. Um, the flaking hadn't really stopped, but it was back to full. The one thing I didn't have at the very beginning, I had edema, really, really bad edema, um, mm -hmm. swelling of the legs. I couldn't mm -hmm. even get my husband. I'm, I'm quite a little girl, um, and I couldn't get my husband's Crocs on my feet. They were so swollen. Wow. I put on, I put on a stone and a half, which is 14, about 20 pounds. Wow. And um, I was, you know, I was going to work in, in sweat, in joggers, sweatpants and stuff. Um, and that was, that was actually very, very painful. You know what, over, and, and I'll tell you how I got rid of that in a minute. But overall, the one thing that, if I had to go through it again, um, there's one thing that, that I've taken out of this, which I have no regrets. And that is, I have learned what it feels like to be a disabled person where people ostracize you and you're going down the supermarket aisle and then you can see them dodge out of the way so they don't have to come and say hello to me. I've learned what it's like to be the pain of a burn victim. I've learned what it's like to be a cancer victim when you lose your hair. I've yeah. learned what it's like to be overweight. You know, you see those, 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 horribly overweight people waddling down the street and I always used to think just don't eat right but it's not that at all it could be a number of issues but I was that person I was all of those people but I knew I was going to get better those people are probably not going to get better I knew I was going to get better and it's made me so compassionate and so loving towards anybody I see and in fact, my prejudice has now turned towards not even, I mean, almost pretty people, if you know what I mean, uh -huh. because I feel sorry for them because they don't know what it feels like. 
to be so oh my god to have to earn to have to earn respect and to have to earn your beauty you know what i mean now i also done a bit of study for all the beautiful people listening to this i know you can be very mixed up inside because beautiful people do have a lot of mental issues because they have always been beautiful and therefore they don't they haven't had to earn other stuff um, and I know that from my best friend who is gorgeous, but she's an absolute mess inside. Anyway, we're all beautiful inside. We're all beautiful inside, somewhere or another, in our mess, in our imperfections. And especially people say, oh, you're so brave and everything. But you know what? People don't really notice what you look like. If you went out and went around the supermarket and came home again, and then somebody went and talked to every single person that was in that supermarket. Nobody would have noticed you. Nobody would remember you were there. It's they true. don't care. They only think about themselves. And it's only if something is triggered where, where they can relate to you, that's the only time that they will notice you. That's very true. So you go out there. And you make people feel good about themselves because, <laughs> like, a, like I said, even my best friends, oh, I love going out with you because people look at you and not me. <laughs> uh, but, you know, it's like it is, you, it's what you make people feel, not what, what you feel, you know. So with yeah. your boyfriend, the pity party is a no-no. Yeah. Um. There's obviously boundaries, so he can probably rub your feet instead of maybe your sore arms and stuff. But you need to continue to give the beauty that's inside you and not do the pity party. Because my husband no, would right. not do the pity party. He's like, come on, get up. We're going out. We're doing this. We're doing that. Yeah, and you know what? You know what? My my um, significant other, I mean, he's the same way as that. And I remember, you know, just by like month one or two, I was getting so frustrated because I'm like, you don't know how bad this is. You don't know. This is so terrible. Number one, it's hard to be with somebody that's living in that space constantly. Um, and so then I started to feel, you know, I wouldn't want to be around me if I'm acting like this. And the suffering is the suffering is no joke. I mean, it is. This is the hardest thing. I hope it's the hardest thing I'll ever have to go through. It is the hardest thing I have. Got. I'm 35 years old right now. And it's like, I, you know, it is it is really, really like nothing I ever would have expected. I would never have thought it would be this bad. And at the same time, you look at, you know, I, I am in that it's sand group and, you know, you weren't able to be in there in the very beginning of your journey, but now being there and seeing these photos and hearing people's stories that have it so much worse than I do. And like you said, when we were chatting before we hit record, you know, some people are bedridden and that is it just breaks my heart. Um, and so there, there's always, what I've learned is there's always going to be someone that has it worse than you, no matter what. And I love what you said about learning and discovering like the compassion side. I feel exactly the same way. And I, as bad as it is, I keep going back to what you said. And, and this is how I feel too. It's that this isn't a death sentence for us. Like we will recover. And it, that's, and that's a, and it's as hard of the journey as it is, it is, making it's forcing me anyway to see all the other value that I have that I bring to the table and really it's the vanity the outside the appearance is the smallest part of what makes me me and so 
it's just as, as sad as it is sometimes when you look in the mirror and you're like, I want to look at, I want to see who I used to see. Where is she? Where is she hiding? Like, come on. And I don't want to suffer and feel this kind of pain. It's through the pain that we're able to serve other people and to really give back and to help and be a voice for the voiceless. So I just, I love, love, love so much what you said there. I can't wait for people to listen to this episode and just get that kind of shift in their mindset and, and the way that, I don't know, they walk through life with this. I just, I just think that was so beautifully said. Yeah. So the really bad bit was only the first three years. And then it was just like trolling on and on and on. And it wasn't oozing. It was itchy and it was flaking. Was it, it all the time? Uh, yeah, the itch was pretty much constant. But, you know, you, you just you just deal with it. Yeah. Um, and, um, yeah, the itching stopped uh, about two and a half years ago. And um, the one thing that actually changed at that point was I started taking CBD oil. I'm mm -hmm. not going to say anything more about that. I'm just saying that was what actually stopped me itching. Mm -hmm. um, either because it elevated my mood or, yeah. and, and or it helped me sleep and yeah. or it stopped me from itching. It took about six weeks to stop itching. So that was, that was a lifesaver for me too. And I just, you know, I tried everything. Apple cider vinegar also helps me mm -hmm. if I have an pack right now I'll go and have some apple cider vinegar orally oh we um, talked about that right earlier on I think when we first started connecting I told you that I swig it I take a swig right in yeah. my mouth and you, <laughs> you thought that you was difficult so <laughs> <laughs> I don't mind the vinegar taste I kind of like it I'm a weirdo <laughs> well I, what I do is I do it with I have I got buy local honey because that's supposed to be help with your local histamines um so I buy local honey which is expensive but so delicious and how and do you take it? In some hot water, mm -hmm. and then I add the um, some cold water, and then I add a little bit of magnesium, and then I put the apple cider vinegar, and drink it like that. That's delicious. That sounds it's really good. It's a vinegar cocktail. <laughs> I love it. That does sound very very good. What um? But one thing, I have actually my skin has actually flared this week, and um well this is for anybody who's just just to give you an idea of what it's like so i'm i'm 98 healed the whole of my body is fantastic i've got my arms are clear and everything my hands are still um I've, I've always worn cotton gloves um but i was very fortunate over here when i first went to the, the doctor because i wanted to get on the uh doctor's um um medical records to say that i was doing this because if I got an infection, I wanted to be able to phone up, get antibiotics right away and get it sorted. Mm -hmm. So I went in there and they they wanted to call an ambulance right away and take me to A&E. <laughs> wow. I was like, no, 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 I'm fine. I'm, I'm a real person. I'm here. I know I look like I've just walked out of The Walking Dead, but it's okay. <laughs> so then the head doctor came down and said, look, I'm not treating you unless you go to a dermatologist. I was like, okay, fine. Get me a dermatologist. So I went to a dermatologist. The dermatologist said, what can I do for you? I said, nothing. I don't want any creams. I'm going to do this cold turkey and that's it. This is what I've learned. Simple, you know. Yeah. And um, he's like, okay, you're never going to make it. You know, by Christmas, you will have gone back on steroids again. Of course, that 
<laughs> you are not telling me that. And <laughs> so then I went back to the doctor and I got, I went and I, I said, okay, I've done the dermatologist. And he's like, what do you want? I said, I just want to be on the books in case I get a, you know, uh, an infection. But out of that, out of my doctor, I got a few things. First of all, I got the codeine because you can't get that over the counter. Mm-hmm. Um, I did get my, I got blood tests every six months, which was to make sure that I didn't have anything more sinister going on, um, especially as I was taking a lot of painkillers. I needed to make sure my enzymes in my liver were okay. And it also um, showed my inflammation markers and as how they were coming down mm-hmm. very, very slowly. And finally, it showed that when my adrenals were starting to recover, it showed that. And that was when they sh- told me that the edema was um, protein related. I had I was malnutrition in protein because mm-hmm. I was oozing so much. There was no albumin staying in my blood and therefore there was no protein in my body, which is another reason why the hair falls out and stuff. So I went out and started taking plant based amino acid drinks and mm-hmm. I lost that whole 20 pounds and more um, within about two weeks. I literally derailed. Wow. I was I was thinner than I had been when I was 15 and I could not put the weight back on no matter what I ate until um, until I was quite a few years in, probably almost, probably after, I would say about a year and a half ago, so f- at least five years in before I started putting that weight back on again. Um, so I also got from the doctor was cotton gloves, white cotton gloves that go up to your um, mid forearm. Mm -hmm. And I wore those because number one, it weren't so scratchy and um, it kept the moisture from my hands. And I was able to continue working by putting the plastic gloves on top Mm -hmm. and changing those instead of having to wash my hands like I used to. Mm I just and the plastic gloves didn't sweat because they were on top of the white cotton gloves. So I was very lucky. I got those off of the NHS. Mm-hmm. God bless the NHS. Um, so that's how my hands are. They they never got toughened up because I was in cotton gloves for, and I still wear them to work. Um, how did did so when you said you washed your hands a lot? Um, for me, like water has been, I'm sorry, I'm from Philly. So it's water, not water. <laughs> That's how we say it. Um, but did you notice uh, like the shower, like bathing, showers, washing your hands? How did water affect you? Um, uh, I've always had soft water. Mm-hmm. Um, I lived in the country when I was out there. And I had a water softener. So I always had soft water, which was, you know, it moisturizes. It brings the oils out. You know, soft water is gorgeous for your skin. Just Mm -hmm. gorgeous. You don't need moisturizers if you've got soft water. So um, when I started going through this, I got a water softener here. And um, so even now, if I've done the washing up, like just not long ago, I did the washing up with no gloves on because it's just a few things. And my hands were just really dry afterwards. So I came upstairs, washed my hands with just pure soap, um, you know, the old old soap. Mm-hmm. And my hands got all nice and oily again because that's soft water. Very interesting. Yeah. So so people, okay, I hope everyone, anyone listening to this takes a 
my, I have a dad who's a plumber, has a plumbing business. So <laughs> I'm just going to message him right now and be like, can you check my water and make sure it's soft or you can get me a water softener or something like that for the, for yeah. that. Cause that is very important. It, especially for ex anybody with dry skin, soft water is brilliant. I used to spend hours in the bath in the beginning. I mm-hmm. would, I would climb out of bed slowly unpeel everything that was stuck to me with the ooze I would get into a bathtub and I would soak in there for I get up early well I didn't really sleep so I'd get up at two mm-hmm. o'clock in the morning get in the bath I mm-hmm. go to work for a couple of hours come home get back in the bath I would spend anywhere from four to six hours in the bath a day wow um, because it hurt to get in but once I was in there it was the only place I had no pain no itch mm. So I, I would do I'd do online courses, I'd read books, I'd um, write music. <laughs> I spent yeah. my whole life in a bathtub except for you know when I had to get up and go to work. My poor husband would bring food to me. <laughs> We'd eat in the bath and eat while I was sitting in the bathtub eating. Um, oh. <clears throat> I lived in the bathtub, but I also at that point I had a lot of time to pray and a mm. lot of time to study the Bible. And my faith has become so strong because when you are hitting a wall, there's only one place to turn, and that is to God. That's whether right. you are going to him because you're angry, whether you're going to him because you're praying for healing, whether you're going to him because you don't understand or because you're scared. I don't understand people who don't have God in their life, even you know, to go to for any reason. Yeah, you, have, you, know, you look at a sunrise or a sunset, you've got to be able to thank somebody for it. Yes. And I would be in the bathtub crying and praying, and why aren't you healing me? You've healed me of back pain before. What what's going on? And um I would I just got so close to him because I was praying and reading and, and just talking to him. And when you talk to God, he answers, he listens. Yeah. It might not be the answer that you want, but it gave me such peace and such security and that is the reason why I was able to go to work every day because God protected me from um the insecurities and um he didn't protect me from the pain exactly but he it it wasn't bad enough that I was bedridden yeah he was the one who yeah he told me you've got you've got to go through the whole thing because you're going to use this to help other people Yep. It's going to be a ministry for you. He yep. told me that specifically. But he said, I will protect you from, from the worst of it. And he did. And I had it really bad, as bad as some of the other people. Mm-hmm. But I had the Holy Spirit that kept me going, that made me get out of bed every morning, that helped yeah. me climb down the stairs, that helped me put on my shoes, uh, you know. That was, that was, it was, it was not my power that was doing it. Yeah, I, I feel the same as you. I I grew up in the church, um, but it wasn't until, honestly, it wasn't until the last couple of years, even before having TSW, that my faith has just been continuing to grow. And then something like this happens to you. And like you said, you can now relate to those that are crippled or uh, disabled or, and it naturally, like you said, I mean, who better to go to than, than the creator himself, than God, and, and ask for whatever you need. I feel exactly the same way. And I, I'm, I find myself now praying uh, for strangers that are in that group, the support group that we're in. 
um, just because I, I see some of the pictures and I'll take their name and I'll just say, please, you know, love on that person, protect that person, heal that person. Um, and it does, you know, this, this podcast isn't to impose any certain religious beliefs on anyone that's listening, whether the person listening is, um, it doesn't have God in their life, but I like you, it's, it's been the biggest resource for, uh, calm and surrendering to something that we don't have control over. And I just don't know where I'd be without it either. So I can relate to you on that big time. Yeah, I have, I have, um, I've quite often, I have talked to a lot of, you know, sometimes I will see people in a really bad and I'll take them into messenger and I will phone them. Yeah. And I've spent hours on the phone with some of them. Um, one lady, she was outside Walgreens and she was going to buy pills to top herself. Oh, this no. was in California and it was like two o'clock in the morning, her time. And I talked her out of it and not me, but I prayed and everything yeah. with her and we're still friends on Facebook. You know, she's, she's got, she's healed now. Um, and, but you know, we touched that. I have, uh, there's quite a few people in India that go through this. <clears throat> I'm not quite sure why, but maybe because of the spices and things that they have. Mm-hmm. And even though I'm praying to God, they're praying to, you know, trying whoever it is that they, you know, that they pray to I've got Muslim friends, Buddha friends, you know. Yeah. Yep. And we're praying to a creator. But it's the fact that you are giving your fears up, releasing them, because a positive mindset is also really, really important. Very true. It goes back to the feeling beautiful on the inside. You know, if you keep on thinking negative thoughts, you're going to manifest those negative thoughts. If you keep on thinking positive thoughts, you will manifest those positive thoughts. So I have pictures of me healed all over the place, on my phone, my Mm -hmm. computer, in my car. So I look at myself healed. So when I look, I think of myself looking like that. Yeah. It's huge. Just um, love it. It's absolutely have, it's like affirmations and just positive reinforcement. Um, I do the same thing. I actually have a picture of myself taped on my mirror in my bathroom <laughs> of when I felt really good and I felt my best and I looked my best. So I, I agree. I am that person. I, I'm still that person that I'm looking at right there. Yeah. Not the one that I see in the mirror right now. Yeah. And I have this pencil skirt that I have in the wardrobe and I take it out every now and again because I want to be able to strut down the road in a pencil <laughs> skirt with a lovely silky tag top on, looking like Miss Hollywood. Um, so that's <laughs> my goal. I can do the skirt and the tank top. I just can't ha- carry the face off at the moment yet. But I will. I will. You will. You will. <laughs> I love it. Oh my gosh. This conversation just filled me. It filled my cup. I feel so much joy from this and I can't wait to honestly, I, when this, when we shut this down, you and I would definitely stay connected, stay friends throughout this journey. And I'm, I'm glad I'm really grateful that it brought us together and all the other warriors um, that are, that are in this battle and in this journey with us. It's, it's really, there's so much to still be grateful and thankful for as hard as it is. And I know Someone listening to me say that right now is probably wanting to punch me right in the face and say, why would you say it? This is the the biggest hell on earth. But if you think about, I don't know, all the people, like you said, that you're able now to speak into and to impact and the people that we're connected to these, 
these men and women in this group and these, the people that we're meeting on a regular basis that are mutually suffering with this are some of the most kind and beautiful people that I've ever met. So I I'm forever grateful for that. Um, is there any, is there any like last before we like wrap it up? Is there any, like anything else you want to impart with anyone that's listening to this, whether that be like advice that you would have or what your biggest lesson that you've learned has been or anything at all? Um, it strips away all the fakeness. You, you become real. You mm -hmm. are real. You're down to the bare bones, everything. I mean, some, for some people, you, you lose everything, you know, and it's awful. But for some people, you just lose the stuff that you shouldn't have in the first place. Ooh, the vanity, sad. the pride, the arrogance. And you become so humble and compassionate and strong, and, but strong in a, in a healthy way and fearless. And nothing after this, nothing, nothing can make you feel scared again. It can't. That's true. You've been you've been to hell and back. Um, there's. I did start a thread just if I have time. Um, I said earlier on that my face is flaring right now. Now, when you when you get through the first few years, you can start pinpointing what your triggers are. Mm. And there was. I had put some hand cream on my hands because they were dry from a walk. Um, you know, I. They were like, I'd been doing gardening and I'd walk the dog and they were dry from a windy walk. So I put some hand cream on and then I wiped it on my face and my face hated that. Moisture withdrawal, no moisture therapy, which I didn't do completely and that can be explained. You can look that up. Yep. Um, is the best way to go for your skin, letting your skin do what it wants on its own. So even now, I don't need creams and moistures my skin would do it it might feel a bit uncomfortable and dry for about half an hour half an hour later it's like what was I worried about my skin feels great now so that's so interesting so you notice when you don't put anything on just after a little bit of time 20 30 minutes your skin isn't as dry anymore because your because your body is naturally moisturizing it exactly exactly that's I don't beautiful. my legs or anything now um and it, you know sometimes it can dry out because of the uh the heating and things like that sure but you know it's lots drinking lots of water which of course which is why nmt is a little bit dodgy because when nmt is no moisture therapy they say that you don't put any creams on you don't have any showers and you drink a limited amount of water i think that you need to drink a lot of water because so your cells need to be flushed and that's how your body moisturizes itself from the inside out so I've always done moisture withdrawal because I did spend hours and hours in the bath, but I never put any creams on or anything like that. And my face was much better with no moisture, no creams, no nothing. And even now it still prefers that. But of course, being a human being, I was like, oh, got to try a little bit of this. Oh, sure. got that. And, yeah. and of course, the masks is moisture. And that's why my face is still reacting as well, because of the moisture from the masks. So to sum up, my um, one thing that I often say to people when I'm um, talking to them is like, yeah, this is the hardest thing you'll ever do, but you will heal. I promise you will heal. And it takes time. 
but it's a bit like you will one day you will emerge from this sticky, ugly chrysalis and emerge and fly like a beautiful butterfly. Oh, I love that. That's beautiful. And you're right. I love but you've got to keep it simple. You've got to keep it simple. Simple foods, no creams. Let your body do it. And it's, it's hard because you want to help it, but it does know what it's doing. It's kind of mind-blowing when you think about it, isn't it? Like just what our bodies on their own without any interference from us, what they want to do and what they're capable of doing without our assistance. Look at people in, you know, say um, countries where they don't have access to Walgreens and botanicals and, you mm -hmm. know, Gucci and Coca Cabana and whatever those, they have gorgeous skin. Yeah. You know, and they don't put creams on. They just eat a natural diet and drink natural stuff, even if it's coconut water rather than regular water. And their skins are beautiful. It's true. We mess it up. We just need to let it be natural. I love that. Very complicated machinery, but they do know what it, it does know what it's doing. Amen to that. I agree. <laughs> <laughs> Julia, I cannot thank you enough. You are such a breath of fresh air and such a light. And um, I, I can't wait for people to hear this episode, to give feedback, to connect with you and just to have uh, us continue to be a resource for them to help them through this journey. So I, I adore you. I know we just met, but like, I can't wait to stay connected and um, keep each other in and hold space for one another and keep each other in our lives. So thank you so much. You're welcome. Go Eagles. Yes, go Eagles. <laughs>